five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Ready Set Home Podcast, your premier podcast for the Throne of Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I'm Chris at Lightforce. Joined virtually as always by Jordan at Sir Dr. JM, but not as always by Omni at Omni Strife because apparently it's Omni's birthday and he bailed. I guess we're just second best. Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about this first of all, like priorities, man. Like how long have you known you have a birthday and you dropped this on us? Actually, he dropped it on us yesterday that he wasn't going to be here. I saw. But I mean, we've, we've been planning. We not only have we been planning, it's a big episode we've got here. And on top of that, it was, he, he posted something about father's day, his first one, something like that. But I mean, like, come on, it's, does that really matter? No, exactly. That's the dedication we need. But granted you and I have already had our first father's day some time ago. So maybe the, the allure has, has worn off just uh-huh. a, a bit bit you know compared to his but no i mean and you know you know this year and this happened to his birthday to tomney I, I think he's uh uh just turned like 62 or something like that i believe he's older than reinhardt is in game. sounds sounds like it yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't guess that from you know the way he speaks and obviously when you meet him at uh, at events but yeah he yeah old. just wait till if you see him you'll you'll pick him out of a crowd because he'll be the one with the cane and you know the aching back and all that well, that's, that's because of the, you know, hard carries in, uh, in comp that he has to, you know, provide all Ooh. the time. Ooh. Okay. Let's, let's not be too kind to him here, <laughs> but no, it is a big week. As you had said, we got a lot to get into, um, since our last episode, obviously last week we were like, oh my goodness, what are we going to learn about overwatch two? It could be doom and gloom. It could be okay. I don't know what to think. And then it came out and, you know, I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as the doom and gloom. Is it as perfect as maybe we might want it to be? Maybe not, but I, I, I a lot to get mm-hmm. into. Um, we've got four matches to talk about, uh, this past weekend of which, uh, <laughs> two went the way we thought <laughs> uh, three, if you were you, but Whoa, there's something going on in the six. Um, and then there's obviously more Overwatch League action to, to get into this weekend. The Overwatch League itself, I mean, teams are like, yeah, you know what? Let's go do things with people and whatnot and make changes and add and mm-hmm. cut and accuse. And my goodness, it's just a spicy time if you're an Al fan these days. So uh, let's start uh, Let's start pushing this payload. Moving the payload. Join me. I wasn't entirely sure how we would approach the weekend. I mean, if if we looked at simply the first match for both the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans, it's a sort of a tale of two teams where you would say, hey, one team is going in the right direction, the other team's not. The thing is, if I were to have said that, and you have not watched anything that took place that first day, I'm going to guess you're going to actually get the teams going in which direction wrong. Mm -hmm. Then you have two more matches. And if I were to tell you that one team kind of looked like they were going in the right direction and it decided to maybe, you know, tap the brakes a little. And the other team is like, yeah, man, we're, we're, we're going the other way. Up. We're going the opposite yeah. direction now. <laughs> and you'd be like, okay, maybe, maybe there's more to the story. And holy smokes, like 
Uh, and I, I let off. I mean, again, you're listening to the show. You've made it this far. You know there's trouble in the six. And I think the most shocking thing that I have seen occur um, with the Toronto Defiant this season had to be that match against the London Spitfire. Yeah. Um, London. I mean, I, I don't want to not give London credit because for all intents and purposes, London is is having having their comeuppance, if you will. Um, they're they're kind of on a hot streak right now. Um, not a team I would have picked to go on a run like they are granted maybe some easier teams or teams that are maybe having some un- unforeseen struggles. Uh, one of which being the Toronto defiant. Um, but yeah, Toronto really struggling. It seems like, and London apparently not struggling. So, well, yeah. And I, you know, as we sort of get into this particular match and, if you don't pay attention to how the London Spitfire have been doing, you kind of know, okay, and they, they surprised some people in the first stage. They beat the mayhem to kick off uh, this weekend's action. Like they, they already had themselves a, a win mm-hmm. very close, but they got themselves a win. And I don't think anyone would have given them the, the win over the bam. There might've been a few people that would have said, oh, I'm going to give it over Toronto because of sort of what's been going on with the defiant um, since the, uh, the kickoff clash. But if we look at simply, you know, Li Zhang individually, the difference here was that, you know, London brought what you knew they were going to bring, the chatty mm-hmm. running. Uh, the Toronto Defiant brought what we had expected them to bring, at least in the throughout the kickoff clash, uh, a muse on uh, Winston. I think that uh, is called Minston, mm-hmm. as yep. we determined That's last right. week. And Okay. There were two maps that are really geared towards dominant Rhine play, and Winston doesn't necessarily hold up well on a tank on tank mm-hmm. fight. London's not necessarily playing, you know, characters that you would dive against either. So, ah, you know what? London's good for a map. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't considerably alarmed with the performance. If there was an area that I was sort of curious about, is that, okay, we know we're going to continue to see this chatty mm-hmm. Rhine. When will we see the Toronto Defiant adapt? And, oh, why is Hisu playing the Sombra that's clearly not getting any value? But, uh, yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. Hey, you, 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 these are the teams you, you try that type of stuff out on, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's exactly it. Is If we're looking at the schedule, um, I mean, London is a team that a team like Toronto should be should be maybe not convincingly beating, but it shouldn't be a, a, a close matchup. Um, and you don't expect London to come out on top the way that they did. Um, like you say, Li Zhang coming out right out of the gate, Toronto comes out twilight on, on Anna, uh, Muse on Winston looking pretty typical there, but then Sombra, Hisu on Sombra, Finale on Echo, and it was a little bit of a head-scratcher, like, okay, we're trying something new, um, or maybe a little new with Sombra. We didn't see much Sombra in the past stage at all. Um, Meanwhile, London looking pretty typical. I think they actually started with uh, Backbone on May and Sparker on on Cassidy, um, Mm -hmm. which is a, a little different flavor, but not incredibly different from what they had been playing still kind of plays to their strengths with, with like you say, hottie on the Rhine. Um, Mm -hmm. And Toronto looked okay, at least in round one. Um, But man, 
it, it, it to me, it, it, I question, was it just the tank difference? Did, was Hottie's Ryan that much better than having Muse on Winston? Well, and I, I don't, I don't think like the Hottie Ryan, I don't think was the complete difference here. I mean, if you look at the matchup, cause as we get into Midtown, Poco slides in. That's right. Into, right. And we start seeing, I think we saw a diva out of them. We mm-hmm. saw, um, I think, did we see a signal? I know we saw Doom. Like, I mean, we, we were seeing sort mm-hmm. of, you know, different sort of tank looks. We still saw a whole lot of Muse Winston mm-hmm. here, but where I think the true struggle were to come is that you had a chatty Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. I got to stop calling him chatty. Cause really it fits, tires it fits. here. get more value with his aggressive Rhine mm-hmm. play than really Muse was able to do with a, yeah. with a Winston in the meantime, You've got a DPS matchup where I have to give the win to London. I mean, the in in Li Zhang when you had uh, Backbone and, and and Sparker, I mean they they were controlling the match in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like the the, the Hisu value just was not mm-hmm. there. I mean, we see this a little bit later on. Um, Hisu starts to pop mm-hmm. off, and I think that's where the 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 struggles for Toronto really rest was that you're you're losing you're not say losing the tank battle outright but you're not getting as much value yeah. and the moment that that starts to occur you need to ensure you sort of accommodate that value elsewhere or not have such a significant de- deficit mm-hmm. um you know looking at the uh, the define on midtown mm-hmm. they had that first point held yeah. until they didn't yeah. like they they lost really one team fight. It was the one that mattered. And then I don't know if the mental, you know, shattered or if Toronto, like we talk about the choke on Midtown, but the London Spitfire, mm-hmm. they got through that. And next thing, you know, you've got, again, he's not giving that much value. You've got the muse tank pick just being mm-hmm. not sufficient to, to combat Poco. Um, you know, the, we're, we're seeing, the the introduction of shacks here now as well and and like uh, i believe i mean if i recall i mean london got it all the way mm-hmm. um uh when really they had absolutely no time on the clock but the go from doors to inside mm-hmm. the terminal mm-hmm. it was like a walk in the park did, like just complete steamroll that payload ever stall no, I, and if it did i don't think it stalled because toronto won a fight it stalled because london went to yeah. go and you know stagger the yeah, kills yeah to to before before talking Midtown, to go back to Li Jiang a little bit, it was actually like you're right. It very much was a case of, um, honestly, uh, one of the things I wrote down on round two for uh, for Li Jiang was Winston just not working. It was just a case mm-hmm. of they weren't able to capitalize. Um, they weren't able to play off of what Winston was was attempting to do. The muses Winston, although you know I had in the past uh, cycle. I had been big on why aren't we playing Muses Winston? We know it's really good. Um, and I really liked what we saw from it. Um, and they just didn't seem to be playing it as much as, as I would have liked. They really seemed to want to go to the Zarya. Now, obviously we did see a little bit of Zarya this weekend, but not from uh, Toronto, I don't think. Um, and it really seemed like now they were trying to force it. And it was just a little late to the party. Um, I actually did think that Hisu, especially... Um, in round two on, on Li Zhang, he started getting his EMP a little better. He started timing it a little better. He had some really good ones. 
Um, and we also saw that kind of swagger that we've talked about with, with Toronto before. When they start styling on a team or when they really get on a roll, it seems like they get this confidence that really helps them. There's one part where, uh, where Hisu actually hacked Hadi as he was charging off the map. Um, and it was, it was, it was just yeah, totally, the, yeah, totally unnecessary, but, but it was awesome to see. And that was, that was that sort of glimmer of hope. The, the, okay, they've, they've got it. Here we go. And then, um, you know, obviously the, the map progresses as it does. Again, Hisu still one of the things I wrote down, getting some solid EMPs, but ultimately, um, you know, London, pushing through with that Rhine in the front and then having some really good survivability, pulling out BAP uh, on their backline to really give them that kind of extra extra level of survivability. I wrote down after Li Zhang, overall, not too bad, except for the first round. So, you know, yeah. fair well, enough. And that that's that's the thing. If we look at that mm-hmm. one map, yeah. hey, like you're not, you're not upset. You're not concerned. Yeah. It's the what we saw in Midtown when Toronto had it won until they didn't. Yeah. And when they went on to attack... Yeah. Like, yeah, they had more time going through the doors, but they ran into the doors and then they couldn't get it, you know, below the overpass. Like they, well, and, and this is where coming into Midtown, um, like you said, you know, I, I wrote down Toronto, great few holds in the beginning. They were winning fights. They were keeping them off, uh, when Toronto was on defense, they were not letting them cap it. And then 18 seconds left London caps it. And I, I wrote down, then the role begins because after that, it was like Toronto for whatever reason, they couldn't coordinate. They couldn't get anything going their way. They couldn't get a pick. They would get a pick. Um, but then surprise Hottie would charge in and get their back line or something like that. Um, in the first round, I wrote down Winston Anna with Sombra not working. I wrote down that it started working better, but then again, they just started getting rolled. Um, and when they went on attack there on, on Midtown, London's backline just looked so solid. They just wouldn't die. And I think that was a big part of the difference maker, oh. which is shocking because I think most people would rate Toronto's backline probably maybe second in the league, you know, um, maybe second to Los Angeles uh, Gladiators. But for whatever reason, London was just had some insane survivability and ultimately they took Midtown as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and going from Midtown where now again, Toronto Defiant look, don't look good. We then see them, you know, make a slight adjustment in their approach uh, going into Dorado. The the thing about Dorado that sort of, and I say irritated me, but when London was on mm-hmm. attack, the Toronto Defiant seemed to have, again, similar issues um, with their approach to the first point. Mm-hmm. Like, there was they were they were playing like Call of Overwatch at one point where Sparker on Tracer is I think it was Sparker that was on Tracer, just standing at the payload, escorting at the mm-hmm. doors, you know, taking pot shots at uh, Finale up in Arrow's Echo and just being outright ignored. Mm-hmm. Um really I think Toronto losing the pit like losing that battle is what helped them stall that payload because coming back from spawn, it forced them to mm-hmm. engage. I'm like, what is going on? But I don't know if then at that point they came to their senses and realized, well, no, no, man, let's, let's, there's a, there's an objective yeah. here because that once, you know, they were able to stall just before the, the doors, London was then having to fight, you know, tooth or nail for, for every centimeter that they wanted to move that, that mm-hmm. payload. Um, and Toronto started to sort of, you know, again, get that swagger mm-hmm. back. Then we see Toronto go on attack and 
you know, Toronto right out uh, in the first team fight goes and cleans up London says, mm-hmm. you know, this is our high ground. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Uh, they continue to push the payload through and then they had like, you know, I think two hours uh, to, to get it to just outside of, uh, you know, the, the interior mm-hmm. and, and, you know, had no problem. So I'm like, oh, okay. You know what? You know, things have, have turned around. Toronto's got that swagger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a bad map. They had an okay one. This is this is actually considerably mm-hmm. better. Uh, we're gonna go and see them. You know, go into New Queen Street, which is their map. They know, like, I, I mean, can you point out a a um, push, you know, fight that Toronto has not looked good on? I mean, they seem to have figured mm-hmm. out we push it as far as we can, and and then we we accept that you're gonna have to go and move that bot mm-hmm. so far, and you need to get your barricade so far. They start off with Queen Street doing sort of just mm-hmm. that. They win the initial fight. They get a lot of push. But then eventually they lose a mm-hmm. fight. And the moment they lose this fight, the Hattie Reinhardt just takes yeah. over again. Yeah. And we we saw Muse try to return the favor. Um, and again, I should have mentioned Poco had stayed in on Dorado. They, they swapped him back yeah. out and bring Hattie in. But the Muse, Ryan? Mm-hmm ain't at the same level as the high no. Rhine. And despite you now have Hisu on, on Sojourn, who's now we're seeing a whole lot of, and he's just deleting characters mm-hmm. is not enough. And London, once they got that barricade moving, mm-hmm. it didn't stop. Yeah. No. And even it, when it did, when it did to all Toronto was able to do is just turn yeah. the bot around to go and walk, you know, a few yeah. feet, a few meters. And then, Oh, London would continue on. Um, I was actually, when I was watching this, considering would Toronto in the kickoff clash have won that match? Mm. Because I believe if I, I mean, if I'm thinking about this correct, it's longer uh, mode now. I think when it went from like six to 10. Um, I don't know if it was as short as six. It might've been like eight, okay, but, I, but I it, think it, they did like, increase the amount of time. Which yeah, is why we're seeing a lot more teams actually complete the the map. I think, mm-hmm. but it was yeah. Like, Toronto once once they their their initial push mm-hmm. was was stopped. Yeah. Like I again, I kind of wonder. Like, was their approach? Yeah, we we get a lot of distance, mm-hmm. and then we make you fight for everything. But that backfired, worked. and suddenly yeah, it was like, <laughs> Lon- yeah, that's what yeah. London did. Yeah, yeah it was. I don't know. One thing that I always find is like when, when you watch these games and and if you take notes, you typically speaking, um, at least my approach is always, I try to take notes on what's happening, not necessarily, uh, which team I favor. Cause usually I go into a match thinking, mm-hmm. okay, I mean, we do pickums, right? I go into a match thinking, okay, Toronto is going to beat London, but I try to take notes as sort of impartially as possible or as unbiased as possible. But what you see, if you look back, is when a team is dominant, most of the notes are about that team because they're the ones making the plays. They're the ones doing the interesting things. They're the ones winning the fights. And when I look back at my notes, most of them are about London because London was the better team in this in this match. And you you brought up Muse being on Ryan and Hadi just being better on Ryan. It was a similar story with Hisu on Sojourn and uh, Sparker on Sojourn. It I actually wonder, and this this comes into play in the next game that Toronto played, I think there's a bit of an issue with Hisu 
kind of picking a fight, kind of developing a grudge as a match goes on. And it's not the first mm-hmm. time we've seen this kind of thing, um, specifically in the Overwatch League and with, you know, Vancouver or Toronto. I specifically remember uh, one of Shockwave's early matches when Vancouver was playing, not even this season, a few seasons back, when Shockwave was playing um, and they were playing Atlanta and he was playing against Baby Bay. And Baby Bay started kind of baiting Shockwave and teasing oh, him. yeah, yeah, no. And was... you very clearly saw I think they were, they were either both on Widow or, or some long-range hit scan, and Shockwave mm. started specifically to go out of his way to try and get the better of Baby Bay. And I think we're yep. starting to see that happen with Hisu a lot. I think he, for whatever reason, he gets these grudges, and he starts to focus on kind of one thing, and it's, I need to be better than X player. And if the other team isn't also playing that game, then it means Hisu is singling himself out and the rest of the team takes advantage of it. And we did see Hisu, yeah, he was he was doing really well on Sojourn. He would have these moments where where um you know, you build up that uh, that overclock uh, not not his ult, but just the regular charge and then you just one click yeah. someone in the head and they're gone. And he was awesome at it. And it was looking like, okay, this is why this is why we kept Hisu around. But it eventually got to a point where I think uh I think it was Sparker that was on Sojourn. It might have been Shax. I, I can't quite remember. But whoever it was said, okay, you want to play Sojourn? We'll do it. And he switched as well. And then they just pulled, got control and didn't let it go. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, it sort of speaks to the call of mm-hmm. Overwatch. Yeah. Oh, totally. Issue. Totally. It's, just, it's, hey, we can right? one when you, when you start, yeah. yeah. When you start, you know, playing it as, is TDM mm-hmm. and it's objective, yeah. your, your focus has changed. I mean, at one point in complete transparency, uh, when we get into the Florida match, Florida was playing TDM, mm-hmm. but it didn't matter because Toronto couldn't get to yeah. the objective. And, and, that, and that's the thing. Um, Part of the reason why I bring it up now is because we also saw it happen in the Florida match as well. And it was Hisu yeah. again, and I, you literally know, the same player doing the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have a question I want to ask mm-hmm. you after we talk about Florida, but Toronto here has fallen to the London Spitfire, probably broke Pickens oh, worldwide. Yeah. Say for, you know, I know there are people who would have picked London over Toronto because of what was going on, but I don't think anyone realistically thought Toronto doesn't beat mm-hmm. London. But the other team, uh, the Vancouver Titans, obviously they made some changes over the course of their uh, lengthy break for the kickoff clash. And uh, one of those changes uh, happened to be a new head coach who, uh, before we get into this match, has talked to, I think it was um, uh, Gigi Grigon, um, I'd been in sports observer as well, where um he is the coach <laughs> there there are no other coaches um i presume justin's still working in his analyst to uh, you know general manager role uh but dpe is the coach um and uh, dpe had made some comments about uh, early observ- observations with the vancouver titans and that uh, he found that the players had real no real strategy um around how their approach which some are interpreting as yeah, uh, totally was a you know indicative, or it could be just mm-hmm. a different coach, different way of doing things. But what we do know is that uh, you know the t- match starts and uh, false is not the tank; it's mirror. It's the mirror tank we exactly presume might we be a possibility about. when mirror joined way back when we talked about it again last week, and sure enough, he comes out and what's mirror playing? Mirror's playing mm-hmm. Doom and. You know, uh, we also saw actually Aztec uh, yeah. come into 
the match and start in place of Skyreep against the uh, Los Angeles Gladiators. And if you were to look at Li Zhang Tower alone, again, uh, just like we did with the Toronto Defiant, while the Titans do lose this map two to one, they were in it throughout. Like they, it was not like the Gladiator simply walked mm-hmm. over the Titans. No, the Vancouver Titans put on a performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised that we saw Junkrat get pulled out by mm-hmm. Shockwave. I mean, but hey, he brought out Torb, so maybe you know there's some big brain stuff going on here. But you know, I'm thinking, wow, the DP effect is big. Like, hey, the Titans might make a, a, a match mm-hmm. of this. Um, problem was that you had, well, Mirror doing very well as sort of the Doomfist tank. You had eventually Shockwave getting into the Echo Aspire. Um, Aspire was on, I think, Sojourn for a bit. Then he was on, I think it was Casty Fit, but we then saw him come into mm-hmm. Tracer, which pretty solid on. Like we were sort of seeing these adjustments yeah. happen, which is again something else we didn't see a lot of with that previous coaching mm-hmm. uh, group. But the Gladiators simply were a better yeah. team. Yeah, that's one of the things I wrote down was LAG just diffs them. You know, they, they're just such a good mm-hmm. team. They look so coordinated. Um, Vancouver was a surprise, and I think it was probably a surprise to them as well. I'm sure everyone knew about Depay and all of that stuff. Um, so I'm sure they thought, you know, they might be a little better. But I, I'm hopeful that even the the players were surprised with what Vancouver brought. I did think that, you know, Shockwave continued to look excellent. He he is is a standout player on the Titans. Um he he consistently looks good on on some of these these players. I'd put an asterisk on the junk. Oh, okay. Like I'm I'm all for I'm all yeah. for junk rat, but I do not like if there's strategy, like did you just overthink the heck out of this D-Pay or is this like you know, I think Shockwave's been playing some QP. I and- think that Shockwave is the type of player that were he surrounded by top tier players, he would do those kind of things. He would pull out the Torb, he would pull out the Junkrat, he would get a couple picks, and everyone would be laughing because Shockwave trolls teams like that. I think he does it when in his mind he's like, I need a mental refresh. You know, this this character isn't working out. I'm going to jump on Junkrat. I'm going to throw a few bombs just to get a few hits. And then I'll switch off. And, you know, maybe I get lucky and build an ult. But I'm not going to stay on it. I'm doing it for the the, the shock value, if you will. Um, and I think if he was surrounded by, you know, top tier players, I think the narrative around that would be, oh, he's such a goofball. He, he does, a, does this kind of thing just to screw with the other teams. And then he plays seriously. Um, I think when he does it on this team, you know, it makes us scratch our head a little bit because it doesn't usually work out. I mean, look at Vancouver's record. But ultimately, this this wasn't necessarily even a match that, you know, anyone expected them to win. No. Well, no, I mean... By any stretch of the imagination. Let's, yeah, outside a friend of the show, Samson, <laughs> I think always picks the Titans to win and pick them. Yeah. But I think even he understands yeah. he's he's going big Reaching and probably going home. That's right. Um, don't let your dreams be dreams. Um, I mean, okay. So Lee Jang and I, I, mean, I thought there was some good things that we were getting from the Vancouver Titans. Um, Gladiators were, were a difference, but I just don't think there was any really key moment in my mind where Vancouver, like if Vancouver was going to get a map win, that was probably yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Like that's sort of how I felt, but it didn't work out. That's okay. And you know what? Maybe there is another map they might 
Um, and it's sort of, you know, getting into King's row, we see the Titans perform mm -hmm. much better on, on an escort. Like I don't, I honestly don't remember the last time the Vancouver Titans on an escort on attack were able to get mm -hmm. all three. I know. I honestly don't remember that now. Sure. They had the payload on going downhill and then suddenly ran into a stall. But I mean, that happens on escort mm -hmm. at final points, a tough one to pick, but they got it. They got like, they, had, it wasn't a, a quote unquote, ah, so close. And you know, LAG just has to get it that much farther. It was like, Hey, we got it all the way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There was, there was an element of Vancouver, um, kind of struggled in the beginning. Uh, it took them a while, but they were making slow, consistent progress when they were on attack. Um, and I kind of think that was key. And then they eventually just managed to get a few good picks. Um, Aspire, I thought looked really good on Tracer, uh, on the attack. Mm -hmm. And like you, you, had, said, the, you had the echo with shockwave yep. who, I mean, he was, he was using his, his kit to, to ultimately delete, um, the mm -hmm. back line for, for the glads. Like, I think that the real difference here was that the Aztec and Masa, they actually on the, on the attack phase weren't harassed anywhere near the level of Shu and mm -hmm. Fanny Astro were, um, I feel Reiner was holding his mm -hmm. own, uh, against the, the mere doom. Um, but, uh, and I think, did we get a mirror Zarya here? Um, I don't recall seeing Vancouver and Zarya. Maybe. Yeah. But, uh, but the thing is, is that we were seeing the difference is just that once the gladiators were able to hold that just mm -hmm. slowed down that, that attack again. I do not for the life of me understand why the Vancouver Titans brought out the defense that they yeah. did. Um, cause like the Los Angeles gladiators essentially brought out a rush comp with mm -hmm. Ryan. And what did they do? They rushed out to the point. They deleted all the Titans. You had, uh, I think it was uh, shockwave on Ash yep. and he, he, he's up in the, the upper level. The gladiators know this, but they're not worried because, well, we'll just put the mm -hmm. Ryan shield. They up. basically just ignored him for the you first know. little bit. Yeah. Right. And then eventually shockwave goes and like, okay, I guess we're going to contest. And he goes and yeah. staggers yeah. <laughs> and his team's like, oh, I guess we're not going to contest. So now the gladiators have two mm -hmm. hours. To push a payload and they made quick work and yeah like it was it, at one point shockwave i think he got a he got bob like about halfway through from one mm. to two and he eventually threw bob out to stall the payload at like point mm. three yeah and it, it, like this it may be to your point the comp seemed mm. weird is it was it like I get maybe there's some value. Like we, we have seen a little bit of ash in, in the, in the course of the weekend, but you saw what the gladiators were throwing at you on attack and you were not making any adjustments and it's completely different than what you just saw had so much success for on your own attack. Okay. It, it felt a little bit like, um, we needed to see, uh, more sojourn. I know shockwave did play her, but, um, I think, a lot of this past weekend, a lot of the games, the winners were the ones that have figured out Sojourn, um, which which is oh. kind of su not surprising because it always used to be the case yeah. that when a new hero comes out, you play that hero. I think this this season has been one of the exceptions where they, I think, undertune Sojourn a little bit, which was disappointing because everyone wanted to see the new hero played at the highest level. Yeah. And this weekend really delivered on that. But 
there was kind of a hesitancy and you did see some teams picking ash over sojourn i don't think anyone picked soldier which last uh you know in the kickoff clash was the case well why would you so sojourn is essentially legs with a cassidy exactly, which is which is what we had all predicted you know, she would be but she was a little yeah. undertuned and now i think what we're seeing you know patty on sojourn i mean patty plays most characters out of the extremely high level but patty on sojourn like i say when you when you get that uh whatever the the secondary fire charged up when you let that rip like these these players are are almost just getting an insta kill every time with it right yeah and what we also i think had saw quite a bit in the cutoff clash is that the doom fist tank um suddenly became less viable um less yeah because like i mean every the players now know when he goes and tries to block, you just ignore mm-hmm. and there's zero, there's zero yeah, value yeah. there. He's, he's getting no shield. He's getting no power. And there's, there's the get, difference between uh wood tier and the highest level of play, right? In, in when we yeah. play this game, or at least when I play this game, players don't care. They see, they see enemy attacking, they shoot, you know, just like Zarya bubbles, right? They just don't care. Whereas at this level of play, now they see Doomfist coming in and they're, they're just not going to fire at them. You know, they're going to build their alt charge elsewhere, let the, the ability run out and then they'll focus on doom and just melt them. Yeah. And we saw this quite a bit with, with mirror on doom is that he would get two or three Mm -hmm. kills. The problem is he got the two or three kills that the Titans got in that team fight. And eventually the gladiators and, and eventually, um, you know, later on on the weekend, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Houston, I just, Oh yeah, we'll delete that character now. Cause you're all, you, you have no way to heal. You have no ability to, to sustain. You don't have the, the escape ability you once did as a character in overwatch mm-hmm. one. And Oh, by the way, that's yeah, a stagger. Yeah, totally. So, but uh, yeah, gladiators. Then when they went on the overtime or extra attack again, the Vancouver Titans knew it mm-hmm. was coming, and I think it was was it Aztec that I got picked off deleted? early. I, 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 yeah, it was like straight out the mm-hmm. doors. I think it was Patty like just waiting for it. Them. Yeah, and then it's like ah, there's, there's there's our opening. There's your yeah, and that's your rush just goes totally. and takes the point. All they needed was to get the you know the, the yeah. first tick yeah. done. So this takes you into Route 66 and uh, the Vancouver Titans very they made some adjustments yeah. here they they brought in false for one and I I actually saw some value in in what we saw with with false you had uh I think the double sniper for yep. a moment with shockwave and aspire and you know and 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 the ons kevster combination had struggled with it but then once they mm-hmm. settled um you know, we started to see the adjustments. Um, the thing that I found interesting, though, was the shockwave Hanzo. Like, we saw this again where he goes on Hanzo. And, I mean, we've, I first sort of fast-forwarded here. He's sitting on his dragon strike. He's gone in, and I don't know if the glads of know he's pretty much at their back spawn right now or wherever the heck he is. Um, and, I mean, there's some coordination here. But uh, the On's Widow was the superior pick and outside of that one arrow that Ons did not mm-hmm. see coming. Um, the, he was getting much more value with mm-hmm. widow than what we were seeing. And I, you know, Kevster aspire to me was a wash. Um, 
I actually thought False did real well comparative to Reiner, but when Aztec and Masa are just being deleted by Ons, you know, it, it is so crucial in this 5v5 to not have that be such an early pick mm-hmm. because the sustain just disappears. Yeah, yeah it was in a, in a lot of ways. Um, when Vancouver was on the attack, I felt similar to the previous map where Vancouver made decent progress, but it was slow. Um, and, and to their credit, that's an improvement. <laughs> it is better well, than yeah, no I mean, progress, in, right? Um, so that was good to see, right? Well, and I mean, it's ultimately, the big difference here was mm-hmm. lads were better. Like, it, it, if this was the Titans that we saw at the start of the season with a deep pay coach team or what have you, the glads were better. Yep. There was a difference there. Um, it's just the, the experience that we've seen with the Vancouver Titans, you know, yeah, you lost three Oh to the glads, but you know, the, it's one of those close three. Final O's. note that I wrote down on this game was Titans looked really good with a bunch of exclamation marks because overall they did. And compared to what we've come to how, expect, it was least. Yeah. I was going to say how low exactly, is the bar really? to have yeah, that many yeah. exclamations? But Titans look good. So we then, uh, you know, jump back over to the Toronto Defiant. They're now taking on the Florida Mayhem. You picked the Mayhem to win this one because you hate Toronto, Mm -hmm, apparently. I did not pick the Mayhem. Uh, Omni did not pick the Mayhem. But we had conceded that this is going to be a much tougher fight Mm -hmm. for Toronto to win, especially coming out of this, you know, match versus London that they should have won. And honestly, I don't know what alarms me more. The way that they lost to London or the way that they lost to the yeah. mayhem. Like, I mean, again, I'm, I'm really fast forwarding here because of just sort of how the, that week, the weekend mm-hmm. went, but on, <laughs> I mean, I, again, uh, Coliseo push, <laughs> So, hey, if you didn't know this, the that's map four. So, <laughs> yep. But the Mayhem were spawn camping Toronto mm-hmm. with, I think, three or four players at any given time. I actually was trying to figure out who it was that the Mayhem actually had pushing the robot along with the barricade. Because you only need one. Yeah, like, it doesn't yeah. go faster if you have yeah, three or four. Um. And Toronto could do nothing to get out of this, spawn. Like, and, and this isn't like, oh, the mayhem had, you know, the spawn balance because it advances as you, they had not yet reached the point to get the advancement, but that did not yeah. matter. This, this match. Um, I mean, like you say, like we can jump to Coliseo because it, it, <laughs> from a Toronto standpoint, it really doesn't matter from the beginning. I felt like Toronto was, playing this match differently than they played against London. Mm -hmm. You'll notice I didn't say better. Um, It felt like they were trying to adapt for the sake of adapting. Where I think against London, it seemed like maybe they were trying out a new strategy or two with, you know, Hisu on Sombra Mm -hmm. and things like that. It felt like they weren't, they weren't doing enough or, or pushing hard enough. Whereas this match, I felt like they were, doing too much really um on coliseo specifically 
Hotbow was on Sigma. I actually thought that Hotbow's Sigma throughout this match was one of the better things about this match. Um, back on Circuit Royale, I, I said I wrote down that he he looked not too bad there as well. Obviously, they did win Circuit Royale, um, so that kind of makes sense. But again, I wrote down more than once in here. Hisu, stop one v oneing Hydron. It's not working out in your favor. Um, Hotba had some questionable switches. He jumped to Doom at certain points. Um, there was one point where he jumped to Wrecking Ball, which I think is probably more of a stall tactic than anything. Well, that was that was yes, on Coliseo, right? And and he, yeah, he switched to Wrecking Ball, and I have no clue where he was on the on the essentially the final yeah. fight because they they capped it. Like you see him coming back into frame as the cap is occurring. But when you count the number of mayhem players that are present, mm-hmm. did he think, oh, okay, the only way we're going to win this is I'm going to go spawn camp? Yeah. Like, as like, I mean, in 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 making matters worse is you know someone's there on Reinhardt mm-hmm. just swinging his hammer around, fire striking. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I, I get it. he has two of them yeah. now, so that's a bonus. <laughs> but it, it the it was a it was a tank diff. I feel here like yeah okay we were we're seeing hisu make some poor decisions mm-hmm. and to maybe the same point we discussed earlier playing a little call of overwatch getting that mm-hmm. 1v1 getting like i have a holding a grudge but um ugh, it was um or did i say someone i'm mean, gonna check me but like the point is it's just i was i was just yeah i think what irritated me the most and this is yeah coliseo's was was just horrible but you're, at this point yeah. you're boomed thinking back to oasis there was a moment on university where hisu is sombra's capping mm-hmm. the point florida does not <laughs> care you've got you've got someone in checkmate who are just you know m1ing the hell out of the the back line i think eventually twilight um, gets a pick, but Twilight and Chorongo have essentially been neutralized because they're having to deal with a Reinhardt and who else was there at the time. Like, so you're getting new heels. You have Muse, who again is playing a Winston, who's providing no, no real benefit, no va- yeah. no value, right? Like, but I, I mean, no real benefit. But he's also not getting any support because mm-hmm. the supports are currently having to fight mm-hmm. a tank. It was, it was very similar to what we saw London do, but it was like Florida was watching that, and we're like, Mm -hmm. "Oh, Mm -hmm. you you can't handle the chatty." (laughs) Well, hey, we'll bring it out too. Yeah, yeah, like, and I think again, you also hit the nail on the head. London, we're gonna experiment. Florida, we're gonna Mm -hmm. adjust. But those adjustments weren't anything to do with the yeah. game plan. Like you came out with what you brought against London that didn't work. And your adjustments were how we were going to approach these heroes with mm-hmm. our players and coordination. And Florida just, they took advantage yeah. of this. The one map where Toronto looked good was actually on, on Circuit Royale. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was actually worried because when we think about how um, the, the Florida Mayhem had done on attack... Mm-hmm. I mean, Toronto had to put up a solid yep, stop. They did to to make that a winnable condition, and then on their t- uh, turn for attack, yeah, 
they they had they they turned things around. Yeah. I, I just I did think, <sighs> and again, you know, in an effort to not necessarily cheer for either team, I did think both teams didn't look great. Um, and both teams had obviously very similar weekends. Both teams got beat by London earlier in the weekend and then played each other. I, like you say, you know, the, the call of overwatch, uh, analogy, everything like that. I didn't think either of these teams looked great. I didn't think they looked anywhere near how they looked in the kickoff clash. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was a, a little bit concerning because, you know, you, you need to be making steps forward, not backwards at this point in the season. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you're right. Florida didn't look good, but Florida seemed to be having fun. And they always do. I mean, that's if if anything, they've got personality, right? Even even when they're losing, they yeah. seem to be losing with style, if you will. Um, and and yeah. yeah, I mean, going back to and Toronto going back boomed. to the end of this match, towards the end, you could tell they were boomed. They would have this. They would have a glimmer of hope, where um, especially on Coliseo again, they would get a really good push, walk it the farthest they had got it. The the robot. And then they would just lose it again. And it was like, oh, there goes all that progress. And now it's going completely the other direction to the nth degree. And then by the end of the match, I mean, when they switched to those player cams, like you saw the frustration in the entire team. Oh, um, he uh, got up and left. Uh, Twilight, you know, I, I think he just kind of tried to push his camera cover down or something like that. He ended up smacking the whole thing over and it looked much more dramatic than I think it was. But you yeah. could see the frustration, right? Yeah. But if you're, you know, following a Toronto defiant and you're frustrated at this point, I think it's fair to say you're probably feeling very similar to many others, us included. Like I, I, there are some who have sort of said sky is falling. I can't believe this Mm -hmm. is happening. I don't think the sky is falling, but there ain't something ain't right in the six. I, I think everyone had hoped that we would see a turnaround. Like, like what we seem to have seen with DP in Vancouver. Granted, I, I was going to say, granted, I don't think that the, you know, uh, hallelujahs that are being sung for DP just yet are necessarily warranted. It was, you know, one or two matches for both of these teams. Um, there's obviously still time to turn it around and we'll see more matches these upcoming weekends and everything like that. But ultimately, I think no matter what, when you see a change in the coaching staff or in a significant player role and things like that, you'll either see it go one way or the other. You'll see things look better. You'll see things look worse, generally not stay the same. And I think we kind of saw the opposite here. We saw Vancouver seeming to be taking steps in the right direction. We saw um, Toronto taking steps backwards. The hope is just that, you know, it is that sort of honeymoon period in Vancouver's case, or I don't know what the opposite of a honeymoon is, a divorce period. <laughs> but- well, <laughs> and I saying like, for like, I I'm, I am a believer in what Moby Dick will be able to provide and do. We have to concede. This is like, this wasn't his team prior to this past weekend. It is now his team. The players who he has available to him are the same players that were available to KDG previously. Toronto had moments of true clarity in a kickoff clash and moments that were very similar to what we saw this weekend. But then to see what happened this weekend, if the problem was truly head coach, This weekend should not have been as bad no, as it I, was. I'm not saying you win both. That, that's the shocking right? part is that it was as bad as it was. You would have hoped that you'd see more. Uh, you'd see the players more reinvigorated than than they clearly were. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, wrapping up the weekend, Vancouver Titans took on the Houston Outlaws. Um, not going to lie. Either Houston came much better prepared having to see what Toronto did, or Toronto, sorry, Vancouver did against the Gladiators, or Vancouver forgot everything that they had done well against the Glads because it just, it felt like a complete regression yeah. here. Um, yes, the Vancouver Titans had that, you know, closed first uh, you know, map and there were moments where, oh, okay, there's good things that we're seeing. But when I'm like going through my notes, I actually wrote more of the same. Mm-hmm. That's all I wrote <laughs> for this match. More of the same. I wrote a little bit more than that, but I, I think that's kind of what it boils down to going into this match or going into this weekend. I would have, said that if Vancouver can improve their performance, if Depe can have the Depe effect and that everyone's hoping, I would have said that Houston is an attainable ceiling for Vancouver. Yes, that's a that's a tough ask. Yes, that is a bold that statement. is a stretch. Like that that's that's the shoot for the stars goal. Um but I would have said they could nip at their heels. They could maybe get a win against them. You know, I'm not saying they're going to pass them in the standings, but I would have said that, you know, the way they play um, and sort of the skill that they have, Vancouver could reasonably get a win off them. After this weekend, it is it seems much more likely that Vancouver could get a win off Toronto than Houston. Well, the way exactly. Toronto was playing, exactly. certainly, right? Like, their, their, their progression are, are completely different. Like I, I feel that what we saw against Houston and this might actually hold true is experimentation. So if you were to think that you were going to go as a coach experiment, are you going to do it against the guys? You're going to do the outlaws. You're probably going to do it in the glads. There's some mm-hmm. history there. You want to maybe bring your, your, what you perceive to be your, your mm-hmm. best foot. When they go up against the outlaws, we're now seeing uh Masa, not even start. Yeah. It's Skyripa and Aztec. We then see in Midtown, so Moss is back in, but Aztecs out, Skyripa's there. Then in Gibraltar, uh, we now have Skyripa and, and Masa. Um, so, you know, some consistency, but you've now changed your tank mirrors out and uh, False has come in. And this, again, has more to do with the fact that it's it's just mm-hmm. pure escort, which is what we had seen yeah. before. The fact remains, though, the Vancouver Titans are still... like. Are they a collection of good players, but not a good team? Like, is it like, is it just a bunch of individuals? But when you add them together, it doesn't and equal not to some of their parts. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, we're, there's almost like, and I, I don't know how to, to to phrase this in such a way, but you're putting these pieces together, and it's kind of like if you you know play an RPG. There's a, a particular type of mm-hmm. gear set. Get all these pieces together, and you get bonus attributes. Whereas this is almost the reverse. There are five different pieces with attributes, but when you put them together, there's also some <laughs> like negative uh, status effects. <laughs> negatives. Yeah, exactly. Like this and this gets you that, but then you can right. see this. I, I don't know. Like I don't know how to describe it. Um, I I think that may be true about some of the players Vancouver has. Yeah, I I almost wonder. Granted, you know, different different styles and everything but it almost strikes me as what would Toronto look like with some of the DPS that Vancouver has. And obviously again, we're playing with different, we're playing with the, you know, uh, 
Korean team versus a, a mixed roster and everything like that, which works for some teams, doesn't work for others. Um, and are Shockwave and Aspire maybe as big of an upgrade over what Toronto's currently playing with on their DPS? I don't necessarily think so. Um, but it's... Well, I mean, it, it's, a, yeah. it's a fair question because, you know, there was conversation in, in Defiant Chord this weekend, specifically about Aspire and Aztec. And there are those that say, oh, obviously Toronto made the right decision because those players, like, look, Aztec doesn't even get an, into the Titans anymore and Aspire is a shell of them's former I self. don't think that's true. No, I actually think it's it is what Aspire is is capable of doing. We mm-hmm. see it when he's given the opportunity to be capable of what mm-hmm. he's doing. We do not know who is making the decisions previously with the the coaches that mm-hmm. we saw before. Like there was obviously a game plan that they were coming in to, in with that was not working, but they continued to stick to it. We've now started to see that adjustment, maybe a little too late. But where was it we saw value with the the Glads? We were when we were seeing Aspire getting to play in that that you know very aggressive, um, you know you know that tracer role where I'm going to go in and I'm going to I'm going to harass, I'm going to get picks, I am going to make your life miserable. Where is it that we're seeing Shockwave in the Vancouver Titans get the the true value when he gets to be that sort of dominant like you know superstar player? I'm going to click everyone's head without going and saying I'm going to outdo my opponent across the table mm-hmm. so to speak aztec i'll admit very limited showing based on what we've seen from the titans and when he has gotten in he hasn't looked mm-hmm. horrible but then is it equally possible that in 5v5 like you know there's questions about false i think false has looked good on azaria uh he has she seems to have improved on a sigma but guess what mm-hmm. the meta shifted we're seeing reinhardt and the titans don't have someone who seems to can play like false can but he's no nowhere near the level of ever, almost every other Reinhardt in the league that's that things are going to see. So I, and I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, if anything, um, you know, again, the Vancouver Titans lost you, right. Trajectory a little bit different Toronto, something's wrong in the six, but this weekend isn't going to be a good indication for us as to what changes because the Toronto defiant are only going to be in one match and they're playing a team that honestly, based on how they've been playing is probably going to make quick work of them. I'm hopeful that won't happen. I, and then, well, and then you have Vancouver, who's playing two teams that are Oof. almost the reverse of what we saw. Same caliber, but the reverse of matches that we saw yeah. this weekend, right? Like, so uh, what I'm talking about is Vancouver's going to be taking on the Atlanta Rain Friday, 3 p.m. Pacific, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. On Saturday, Toronto's going to be taking on the Washington Justice, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and Dallas takes on Vancouver Saturday at uh, 4:30 p.m. Pacific, 7:30 uh, uh, p.m. Eastern. If you had, if I, if this Toronto Washington match was last weekend, I give it Toronto. I would agree with that, and I was going to say I, I'm a known Washington hater. I, I'm struggling. I want to say that I'll pick Washington, but I don't know if I will because really, okay. I mean, Washington beat Toronto last stage. They did, did they yeah. not? They also lost to yeah. Houston this past and, weekend, and they beat New York. Sure, which, but. What's the the problem here is Toronto, like Toronto, if, okay, Toronto, this is a match Toronto needs Mm -hmm. to win. Like this is it's like in the, in the meat sports, the traditional sports world, it's, it's Mm -hmm. a must win game. This is it. Like you lose this one. It doesn't, it doesn't get easier for you. And you've set yourself, you know, so far back as you go into mid season madness 
that you might be now looking at the summer showdown as your reset point, right? Like, again, I get it. There's issues. Something's going on. Head coach change. Moby Dick needs to find his his sort of space and, and what have you. But Washington, as inconsistent as they are, if there's one thing that's consistent is their inconsistency is usually not as bad as what we saw out of Toronto this past weekend. The two teams are sitting at the exact same record. They're both four and four. Yeah, but that, Washington, Washington's inconsistent. I mean, yeah, Toronto has been too, <laughs> but let has Washington had a had a weekend like Toronto just did. I don't know. I don't watch. Them. I was, Maybe they I have. was going to say. I'm I naive. think prior to this past weekend, uh, Washington had been looking pretty bad to a point where I I would have picked a backsliding Toronto over Washington. I didn't watch their games this past weekend, so I don't know how they looked. That's that's about as much as I can say right now. I don't know who I will pick. Well, I, I gave it I gave it three one Washington. I hope Toronto proves me wrong. I hope Toronto recovers. I hope they figure out what went wrong this past weekend and they fix it. And Washington should be a good team to do that against. If they can come out on top of Washington, I think it will be a well, good. Or no Spitfire. No, no, true. But it, I think it would be a good reset for them to get a win against Washington. Washington is a team that. Um, I mean, Spitfire has now climbed above both Toronto and Washington in the, in the rankings overall. Well, Sp- Spitfire are winning the grand final. I've heard that actually. I think that's what Reddit thinks. Yeah. So they're going to rename the MVP, the chatty <laughs> award. I'm thrilled. <laughs> um, no, but I like, what, what do you have this as? I have a three, one Washington. I don't know. I could easily see it being three, one Washington. If it's not three, one Washington. I think it's three two Toronto. Okay, I mean, I, I I could see the possibility exist if Toronto yeah. were to turn it around. It'd yeah. be a tough fight, but they get they they find a way to you know slug out the win. Um, I just I tough fight based on right. what we've seen. Yeah, based on what we've seen, I need to be shown a little bit more. When I look at the Vancouver Titans, man. The fact that you thought they might actually pull some points out of Houston's nuts. I mean, <laughs> maybe you're drinking the same copium that reinforces, uh, but uh, look, there's no way Vancouver beats Atlanta and there's no way they beat I'll, Dallas here. Like I, I actually have it three, one against Atlanta. I have it three. Um, yeah. Let me, Dallas. let me clarify what I was saying a little bit more. I think that given the reset expectations of bringing in a new head coach and not just a new head coach, but a new head coach of the caliber that Depay is and of the uh, um, reputation that Depay has around the league. I think it's reasonable for them to set a, call it a stretch goal of beating Houston. Or at least it would have been after the kickoff clash because I don't think Houston seemed to be that good of a team. Um, Houston fans probably hate me at this point because I know they beat, they beat Dallas at the beginning of the season. I know, but I think it could have been a decent stretch goal, but after this past weekend, I don't know that that's the case. Um, Well, I mean, you know what? You're not the only one like reinforce actually chose the Titans to win, which I I didn't catch that at the time, so I don't know if it was like he mistakenly, you know, <laughs> checked the wrong box on the form or what. But I, I think, 
I even like uh, you're right. Maybe if there's a a, a deep pay bounce, that's it. That's okay. Sure, it's, it's the no, stretch goal. It's I what you work old. towards throughout the whole season. It's what you hopefully get towards. You know, at the end, and maybe yeah. at that point, it's because Houston has backslid so so drastically. But um, but again, I think that's that's the stretch goal. I don't think that's the you know that's not step one. That's for sure. Yeah. The um. Fact remains, though, Vancouver Titans have two matches. Toronto has one. Um, Toronto has a chance to, you know, prove me wrong. As you said, they could win 3-2. I don't think either one of us, and I don't even think Omni would have faith that the Vancouver Titans were to win. And it's not like prove us (laughs) wrong. There's, like, there. I mean, something would have to just drastically Mm -hmm. alter in the continuum for this to even be a thing. Um, one final thing about uh, before we dive into the fray, uh, actually related to the Vancouver Titans, and this is something that uh, I caught uh, or caught my eye as we were just before to record. So, if you happen to be a member of the Vancouver Titans Discord, you may have seen a player drop a message, gift me Nitro. Um, I'm not going to you know the wish it was Skyripa drop this message. Now, I saw this. You know, as I'm sort of catching up in the conversation there in a couple of days. Uh, and a uh, friend of the show, Samson, he steps up. He's like, I got you, bro. He hooked him up. And uh, Samson said, yeah, very, you know, Skype has been very appreciative, what have you. So I immediately, I'm looking at something. Is there some backstory here? Because I have never seen Skype take part in the conversation in the community. Like, I've never seen anything here. Like, is there, is there, you know, something that happened during a match or what have you? And it's, you know, kind of a meme. Um, no indication if he's serious or not, but it's just very odd that a player who has not said a, you know, even a Skyripa is typing. That's not true. I'm not there that much to know that, but has not said anything drops that in Titans Court general, but he got hooked up. Sam Sam, solid dude. One of the OG fans. He's a mod there in Titans Court. Hooked him up. Is it wrong of me as a, maybe an old man yelling at the clouds here, telling the kids to get off my lawn to think that there's some level of entitlement here that sets the wrong message for these young, you know, kids because Skyripa makes some good money. Yeah. He might not be the highest paid overwatch league player and sure. He's probably got some expenses, but asking for someone to gift him discord nitro seems a little obtuse in my mind now i again maybe i'm just ranting yelling at the clouds here it just don't feel right (laughs) um i understand your your point of view and i would say that the old man is yelling at the clouds (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think it's just, uh, you know, I mean, any any celebrity and don't get me wrong, I am not treating him I, as a celebrity. I'm saying that Skyripa is a no, but there, there is a Z tier celebrity on the grand scale of celebrity. Yeah, yeah. But I think in in today's day and age, there's a lot of people that could put a put a, put a message like that out in the public, especially in a community oh, of it, supportive people who, you know, are on your yeah. side. Or, or mostly on your side, um, and and you're gonna get you're gonna get you know what you ask for kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I I'm like that's so, so. I need to make it very clear. Skyripa doing this is no different than anyone else with a modicum yeah. of of celebrity that you and I well, lack. speak for yourself. Um, 
<laughs> okay, I could sure. get Discord. I am not the host of one man watch point here. <laughs> it's just like I mean, I watch. There's a number of streamers I watch. I'll use mm-hmm. Tim the Tatman. Tim the Tatman could say, oh, "Hey, really? can someone get me some tacos?" And he, he would have. Not only would he have his chat all sending him <laughs> to his door, you'd have like Taco Bell opening up a <laughs> franchise. You know. Right on his driveway. Tim the Tatman's tacos. Yeah, right. I get that. And I'm not like, I I did qualify this in in RSP Cord and and a little bit on Twitter. Is this just a matter of you miss 100% of the shots (laughs) you don't take? Uh, Yeah, uh, I think it is, honestly. I think, I think, um, yeah, it it totally is. He, He put it out there, probably, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe it was a bet in the team. He said, "I bet somebody could would would get me Discord Nitro if I asked." And and Shockwave said, "No way, you're crazy." The, and then he jumped in, and and sure enough, there's the know. backstory, right? Like that alone, I'd be like, yeah. "Okay, like I get it." It's just the, it's like player says nothing, says that gets it. Boom, we've reinforced something, and it's I mean, no ill will to to Samson here who stepped up. I mean, Skyrip asking, like, "Hey, mm-hmm. good on him." Maybe that's the thing. Maybe you and I need to be asking for people to to gift us like Discord Nitro or I mean what how is that any different when I've dropped an RSP cord? Hey y'all, we're about to drop from two boosts to one. If you have one, we'd love it. That you know what? That's hypocritical of me to suggest that what Skyripa did um is any different than than what I have done. But I like to think that I'm a little more involved in my own Discord and the community that I've grown to, you know, really enjoy connecting with and i've helped foster if if skyrip was an active member of the titans core community mm-hmm. i'd probably feel a little bit differently right like yeah i might not like it old man yelling at the cloud it's just it's and ma- you know what? maybe this happens in other team discords maybe it happens in their own, like I, I get it yeah whatever bigger issues it's just weird. also samson does say that you know he 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 said his part of the story, and he said, "I figured I'll pay it forward." So, there you go. It's putting some good karma out into the world. Well, no, and and that's the thing. I this what Samson did was awesome. He stepped up. He did this, and again, it's in like I'm kind of blown away. Mm-hmm. He did it. I mean, he in the story he tells, he's like, "Yeah, I, I came into some uh, some good karma myself. This is just a way to pay it forward." I mean, dude. That's happened to me, like going through a Starbucks drive-thru or something. Someone's bought me something and I'm buying, like, I'm like, no, nah, man, I want to buy, like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you start this cascade and I know there's, it, there are bigger things. I'm not going to lose sleep about it. It just sat with me weird and I'm an old man. He yells at the crowd. <laughs> um, Samson did message me to say that Skyripa has actually reached out to him since just to say, yeah, maybe I shouldn't oh. have done this. And uh, you know what? If there's some realization that has yeah. taken place, Cool. Um, maybe, you know, someone like, cause this thing, they're young kids and I understand that there are things that they may have grown accustomed to because they have grown up in a space that is considerably different than the space you and I have sort of grown up in. And I mean, I took a shot at Omni for being old in all reality. I'm the old man. (laughs) I was going to say, I hate that you just lumped me in as being an old person, (laughs) but I turned 30 earlier in the year. So I get it. I get it. Yeah, There's you're no you're washed. Yeah. I mean, I I'm I'm no longer washed. I'm <laughs> ethered. So uh, anyway, we're gonna take a little short bake uh, before we dive into the fray.
into the fray. Can't believe there's still a whole oh lot gosh, to I talk know. about. So maybe we can quickly <laughs> get through the week that was and the week that will be. Uh, so in uh, the Overwatch League this past week, we saw the London Spitfires, who we already talked about, beat the Florida Man 3-2. The San Francisco Shock cleaned up the Dallas Field 3-0. And the Washington Justice beat the New York Excelsior 3-1. We already know that the London Spitfire then followed up the win against Florida by beating the Toronto Defiant 3-1. The Atlanta Reign beat the Boston Uprising mm-hmm. 3-2. And the Los Angeles Gladiators, as we already know, 3-0'd the Vancouver Titans. Houston Outlaws, they 3-2'd the Washington Justice. The Glads went in 3-1 to Paris. And the Atlanta Reign beat the Dallas Fuel 3-0. Sunday, you had the Toronto Defiant fall to the Florida Man 3-1. The Shock made quick work at the Boston Uprising 3-0. The Paris Eternal, um, they beat the New York Excelsior 3-2. Um, I, I, I think this is Paris's match to win but you know as we talked about i kind of come around to the fact that now there's no longer uh, the bread that was my prep um, three a three two win yeah and uh, the houston outlaws beat the vancouver titans three out this week the uh the east region gets back into action um so there was some curiosity someone had asked and i think it was titans court and i've seen this like oh why is it oh it's 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 pandemic it's actually a pandemic this time it is it's just different reasons they're playing it's just they no longer travel for mid-season madness and therefore They've adjusted the schedule because the West will have to travel to Hawaii for Project Aloha. Anyhow, East back in action. Uh, they get underway on a Friday at uh, the wee hours of the morning, 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Uh, the Los Angeles Vatican are taking on the Philadelphia Fusion. The Seoul Dynasty will take on the Chungu Hunters. Uh, West, you got the New York Excelsior taking on the London Spitfire. The Dallas Field taking on the Florida Mammon. As we already know, the Vancouver Titans then take on the Atlanta Reign. Back to the East on Saturday, the Hangzhou Sparkling take on the Guangzhou Charge, the Seoul Dynasty take on the Shanghai Dragons, the Chengdu Hunters take on the Philadelphia Fusion, and then as we already know, kicking off Saturday in the West is Toronto Defiant taking on the Washington Justice, the San Francisco Shock take on the Atlanta Reign, and then we already know the Vancouver Titans take on the Dallas Fuel, and wrapping up the weekend out East is the Los Angeles Valiant versus the Guangzhou Charge, the Hangzhou Spark taking on the Shanghai Dragons, and in the West, the Florida Man are taking on the San Francisco Shock, the Los Angeles Gladiators taking on the Houston Outlaws, and the Boston Uprising taking on the Paris Drone. As far as matches to watch, I'll be honest, when I look at the East, I have absolutely no clue what's going on mm-hmm. in that region. Seoul-Shanghai should be a good match. Other than that, uh, it's a lot of question yeah, marks for me Yeah, I guess well. you're right. Um, I mean, what's going on in Guangzhou yeah. right now? Los Angeles Valiant apparently are broke and need their players to sign players, but then sign mm-hmm. more players while letting yeah. other players. Like there's some crazy stuff going on. Um, well, and, and like you say as well, you know, um, there were some COVID delays in the East um, and not, we don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but supposedly Shanghai was specifically dealing with some pretty heavy restrictions. Um, they weren't playing with the best yeah. internet. They weren't playing in their facility um, and they were pretty heavily restricted. So supposedly well, we're going to see the real Shanghai now, which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah, well, they, I think the story goes, instead of having three dedicated mm-hmm. lines into their facility, they had one that they yeah. were sharing uh, with far exactly, too many people. Yeah. And I could totally see how that would impact. Um, looking at the West, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm, I mean, there, there might be a, a, a good match to be had, like LAG Houston, maybe. Um, there's maybe. just, there's question marks, yeah. right? Like, like London, they're going to beat New York. I think there should be no reason yeah, why New that's York how I have too. D- d- performs there, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, um, we already know the Titans are losing the Atlanta Reign. You think the Toronto Defiant might be the justice? I say I locked it in as 3 for Toronto. 
I'm going to stick to it. Yeah. Shock, shock rain. I mean, it's a double points match, but shock of they're looking mm-hmm. dominant again, but like based on what we saw off the kickoff mm-hmm. clash, they weren't. So I, I, you know, some questions there, Dallas, Vancouver, not a good match. San Francisco, Florida, Florida. I think they lose. I <laughs> actually, uh, I have, you have San no, sorry. Losing? I have Florida losing against San Francisco. I put them down as a win over Dallas. It's, it's a, it's a, uh, pipe dream, but the way Dallas has been performing, yeah, you're I Florida think they could do it. Apologist. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised you don't have your Mayhem jersey. I don't have one. I have a Mayhem hoodie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Boston, Paris. I oh gosh, Boston. I yeah, Boston's a bit of a sad one. I Boston, Boston, Boston should win this, right? But oh, they're. I mean, if if you talk about teams in a bad spot, Boston. I have a three-one for Paris. Unfortunately, I wouldn't mind seeing Boston win. I wouldn't mind seeing Paris win either. But um, yeah, I think Boston is struggling. Yeah, you kind of know what you're getting with Paris, and you just like Boston's mm-hmm. just in a bad way. I mean, it's we talk about problems in the six, man, and ain't nothing like what's going on in Boston. Yeah. But uh, as far as uh, Pickham's are concerned, um, how'd you do? I'm coming out of this weekend with 26 points, yeah, which you know beats the living daylights out of Ooh. my 17. Um, but that's okay. I got my crystal yeah, ball picks locked in. Me. Um, when I, when I look at, uh, Omni, Omni actually only had oh. 18 points. Um, so, you know, I'm not too far behind the I two have crystal ball picks locked in this time. I just double check. Now the picks are locked right. and I was like, Oh God, I better have got these in. I they're in all four. We're good as we're good. As long as Dallas um, picks their pants up off the ground and manages to do something. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, we're, what, what hurt me here, um, quite honestly, is I had no faith in San Francisco, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they go and yeah. they beat the fuel. Uh, you, as you had said, gave Florida a win and you sort of looked at it as a, you know, Pyrrhic victory. Uh, they gave you points there and mm-hmm. that was double points. That mm-hmm. totally helps you. Omni and I lose the double points there. Um, I had, I mean, I'm pretty sure you had the defiant beating yep, the Spitfire. Sure so, I mean, there's a wash there, but I... Both Spitfire like, games and the Dallas Atlanta, I are the the games I got no. Yeah, and Dallas Atlanta hurt games. me. Yeah. So anyhow, I mean it. It's 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 tough. The East though is just, yeah, I don't know what's going to go on there. Who knows? Yeah, whatever. Crystal ball picks they help <laughs> me win. Um, and then as far as you know, player movement, which uh, every time I say oh things have settled yeah. down, they're not. Um. Los Angeles Valiant signed Marvel. Then word comes out that uh, the team went around to the players to say, hey, guys, can you help pay for Marvel? Which, if there is any truth to this, should the Overwatch League should yeah, not okay. allow that to happen. Like, it, you, you, it's not like, oh, the players are wanting to be a better team. It's the hometown discount is, you know, meat sports, you know, might to consider it. If you sign a contract, no one should be coming to you to say, Let's take yeah. a pay cut. I'm fairly certain by HR standards in most places, if that happens, there there is yeah, actually... LAV is not in a LAV region where I think that actually sure. matters. I was going to say, I, I think they technically are offering you a demotion, which means they have to legally offer you severance or the demotion. Um, which, I mean, you make a good point. They're in a completely different country and region altogether, so... Yeah, and it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's completely yeah. a rumor. So again, it's just... The thing about this is the rumor would would 
sounds far fetched, but with what we've seen go on in the Overwatch League over the last two seasons, mm-hmm. it doesn't. Yeah. Right. The fact that it, that there is a possibility that it could very well be true, I think, mm-hmm. speaks loudly to how some of these teams mm-hmm. are operating. Um, not to be done there. They also added Molly, but then they've cut to Coldest and Wuyal. I mean, you have 400 DPS. You got to make some changes, right, to bring a mm-hmm. main tank in. Uh, the Florida Mayhem, they had some fun. So they they announced that uh, RuPaul's being signed. <laughs> Kareev's going to assistant coach. I mean, we kind of knew that the Kareev transition was going to take place. And in the middle of said announcement uh, of the adjustments to the coaching, uh, bye-bye, mm-hmm. Adam, which, like, you know, Albert, yeah, he, he comes out and says, yeah, I made a mistake here. I mean, I talked to the player. Yeah, it might have been virtual, but he knew – because Adam came out and he put them on blast, like, no, man, how rude is this? But as a team, do you not see value in giving a player their own farewell? Instead, you're like, yeah, we're doing these changes and Adam, thanks. Like, come on, man. I know you've said you've made a mistake. It Mm -hmm. won't happen again. It should not have happened that way. Hey, the virtual part, Adam saying he didn't learn uh, or about it the right way. Fine. All of that. Yeah, that stuff. But the announcement part, Florida, if there's one thing they've been doing is SMM announcements mm-hmm. for everything. How they get this one wrong, yeah. I do not know. And we had a conversation on RSP Discord about Adam's response, and there were those that were like, Adam needs to be smarter about this. Yeah, damn straight. Um, he needs to know you don't go and advertise your problem mm-hmm. the bitter. You always focus the positive. You know, it's like I, and I sort of shared how, like, yeah, I, I got, I had a, an employer who let me go because at the end of the day, it's just business. Um, I had put it, it was two days after my employment anniversary. Um, the person who let me go was the one, you know, hmm. celebrating how awesome I was two days earlier and, you know, you know, looking forward to the, the, everything that I'll be to do in the future. But you know, my response was, yeah, you know what? It's all good. I met some really good people. It was awesome. I value all the experience I learned. It was a great opportunity, and I'm mm-hmm. just looking forward. I'm ready to go. And I think if Adam had gone with that approach, yeah, you know, I wish I would have gotten this announcement, mm-hmm. but hey, I'm looking to play. I know I can. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Paris, um, they, uh, I said cuts glister, but it was a mutual parting of ways. The glister didn't. I mean, he was playing okay, but he didn't really fit well into the team that they had. They've added Dove to his place. Uh, the Atlanta Rain announced that Silence has come back as a coach, and then the New York Excelsior have added. Uh, I have Holman. not a clue, <laughs> but they added a flex support. And um, they did I don't not know need a flex I, support. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. Gotta, well, so early, remember we talked about this uh, last true. week. New York was in the this weird position player, yeah. of needing a good point. You know, and then uh, Guangzhou, um, this isn't official official, uh, have made the announcement they've let Eileen go for what they defined as uh, mm-hmm. player issues that pulled the team into disrepute and what have you. Eileen's come out and said uh, they didn't mm-hmm. want to pay me money anymore, and they gave me a piece of paper and told me yeah. I had to sign it. More so, integrity stuff. Again. That does not sit well. I Yeah, like, yeah. you know, it seems far-fetched. So we- but this is this not. is the purpose of a league. A league is a governing board that should oversee things like this and should be able to step in and potentially do an investigation to say what happened here. 
you know, is this true? Do we need to uh, slap you on the wrist with a fine that goes to Eileen because you did him dirty? Or is it the opposite? Or is Eileen being the salty one and it was on the up and up and something like that, right? Um, you know? Well, and, you know, the making it even crazier is Guang Zhao has come out on social or it's like Weibo that said that that essentially said they're going to go and litigate mm-hmm. anyone who spreads false rumors and what have you which again is is that them being salty that Eileen has come out and said no they tried to pressure me into signing a lesser agreement or something or are they doing what they need to to protect their business because Eileen's the one who's not being truthful right it's it's impossible to yeah. say unless you're on the inside so Anywho, anywho, like the sands through an hourglass. These are the days of the Overwatch League, <laughs> and we still have a lot to get through. <laughs> Overwatch two. So uh, a week ago, I was all worried about what does the free to play live service mean? Could they lock heroes? Oh my goodness! End of days. If they do, uh, Diablo Immortal has me rocked to the core. Um, we knew the predation of of loot boxes could be a, a problem i mean uh, the part of loot boxes though is that they are problematic internationally if we're free to play live mm-hmm. service that's worldwide um so we got clarity and had we maybe waited for clarity but again that's not what we do in the content no, creation speculate, world speculate, speculate. talk about whatever little we know exactly um, but what did we learn so let me just sort of quickly go through what we got beta is going to go live on june 28 we, we sort of knew that right i mean what is it the contain well we already knew that we were getting a new hero in, in junker queen um we're getting a new map we learned uh, we got to learn uh, what map it happens to be and we sort of knew i mean we speculated that was going to be the case um how do you get into the beta you sign up and uh there's no longer watch the stream if you don't get in they hope to have everyone who uh essentially signs up to get into the beta by mid-july um, but they will release in waves with my luck, you and Omni will get in on day one, and I'll get in on <laughs> July 14th. Um, we also learned about the game. So launch is October 4th. We kind of already knew that already, but we got the details that there'll be three new heroes. We're going to get Sojourn. We're going to get Junker Queen and an unnamed, unknown support hero, um, which I presume we'll learn either more of prior to launch, or, I mean, I could conceivably see this as holdback mm. to launch. Uh, we're getting five new maps. Keep in mind that five new maps is quite likely most of what we've already seen. Um, 30 plus skins. There's going to be a new mythic skin and a new game mode. New game mode. Don't perceive. Oh my goodness. We're getting a new game mode. What is it? It's push. (laughs) You've been playing it in the beta. You've seen it in the Overwatch. Because people have been talking about it being an additional mode outside of push. Uh, Well, okay. Then like, I guess someone could be suggesting that, but I think honestly, those expectations could very well be shattered and, and people will oh, take yeah. the, Oh, look at they, they didn't give the new mode Fair like enough. they promised beta. And this is where I think early access games have really gone and ruined our perception of what a release title mm-hmm. happens to be a beta. When it starts to show you stuff, you don't have, when that gets released in the game, I can say that you get mm-hmm. a new such and such just because you experienced in the beta, no longer getting the final old. version of it. It's yeah. 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 Um, they also said December 6th is when a season will start. 
with a new tank hero, a new map, 30 plus new skins, a new battle pass, and a new mythic skin. Um, I found this interesting because there was no talk about battle pass for the October 4th launch. Wasn't there? But yet there have, well, no, like that. this is like in all of their the literature, like they say new battle pass for December 6th, but they don't actually say battle pass for October 4th. But yet we've seen graphics of different battle so, passes. You're right. Um, one thing you haven't mentioned yet is the watch point pack. Well, I know we'll it's get there. there it, it really has relevancy to this. So we'll get there. <laughs> yes. We'll get there. Um, details came out about the free to play live service. So how is this being funded? It is being funded by a battle pass that you can purchase and ish. cosmetics ish. <laughs> um, they have said you will, re- we will receive free updates every nine weeks. It's going to come with full on cross play. So Jordan on console can hang out with Omni and I on PC and we can all have a merry podcast Not only together cross progression as well. So when I inevitably ah, get the gaming rig, I can jump back and forth from console to PC. Exactly. And in to sort of doing this, they're now going to introduce a mechanism that is going to probably make it harder for someone to smurf yes. anti-cheating um, stuff with yeah. multiple accounts and what have you. Um, PVE it's coming. They say the beginning of 2023, but let's be honest. If they say beginning, that could very well be November because December is mm-hmm. the end. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be facetious here. I just believe it when you see it. Yeah, exactly. Knowing that now PVE is slowing down because the focus is to get PVP out. So be it. And with all of this, one way to guarantee yourself in the beta is to go and buy that watch point pack, which I think came to like 50 some odd dollars here. It is indeed 55, 54.99. Yeah. Now, what does that watch point pack get? Guarantees you access into the beta, gets you some pretty solid cosmetics, which are actually better than the founders pack you get if you have Overwatch mm-hmm. already. And we sort of talked about the founders pack perks. Um, you get, uh, was it 2000? 2000 um, Overwatch to virtual currency. What a, what a buzz name, hey? Yeah. Which you could buy currency yeah. today, but to, the currency was in the form of loot boxes and there are no more longer loot boxes. Yep, doing away with those. Right. And then in turn, you also get the first battle pass. And this is where, again, are you getting the December 6th battle pass? Or are you getting a battle pass on October 4th? And then you can purchase the December 6th battle pass. This is, this is what I was mentioning because I, I have it up the, the product sheet. Um, now this is the PlayStation store version because I wanted to double check mm. that the watch point pack was available, not just on PC, given the crossplay nature. It makes sense that if it was only available on PC, you could buy it through the Battle.net store and it would obviously, again, cross progression. It would come through on PlayStation. But I wanted to check if you could actually also buy it through the PlayStation store. I've confirmed you can do that, which means you can probably buy it through the Xbox store as well. Um, I'm not sure if Overwatch 2 is announced for Switch, Uh, but I I know the first one was on Switch. That's the only reason I think of it. But anyways, the point is, but it, yeah, came, it, came late. it came late. The point is you can get it on any platform and it will carry over to the other platforms. But looking at this, they list additional content grant- granted to purchasers at the release of Overwatch 2 on October 4th. And the first bullet point is premium battle pass season one. That has a whole bunch of asterisks, which say 
Season 1 Battle Pass applies to Season 1 only and will not award access to any future Battle Passes or Seasonal slash Live content. Season 1 will launch alongside Overwatch 2 in October 2022. So to me, that says you're getting the Battle Pass on October 4th. And October 4th only. Yeah, and see... Yeah, and so like when I was looking at the Overwatch Mm -hmm. Twitter account and what they have on on the website where they have all these graphics... The battle pass mention shows up yeah. at the December release. The 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 nine weeks have passed, and here's a new one. Now, as far as the battle pass is concerned, it's very similar to the battle pass if you've played like Pokemon Unite um, and other sort of like you know the Call of Duty. That's your go to. I use Pokemon that, Unite go to example for this. Well, audience. no. <laughs> well, okay, Call of Duty Fortnite. similar, but like, well, no. So Fortnite does it a little bit differently. Fortnite give like every time mm-hmm. you level, you get something in Fortnite. And then there is sort of, but if you have this enhanced battle pass, you get something even better, right? Call of Duty, probably more akin to this, but the reason I use Pokemon Unite is that there is, look at all this great stuff you get. We're going to give you one every five. Okay, I see. Okay, fair, fair. And that's that's the approach they've done. They kind of tease you with what you could get if you had the premium battle pass, but if you don't, right. Yeah, which is, I think the price point was what, 15 is what we're estimating. For the battle pass Um, alone? Um, yeah. I think they came out and said that it was going to be, I thought that's what they said was going to be 40 us dollars or was that the watch point pass? Well, the watch point pass. Okay, US so maybe is that's 40. what I'm thinking then. I don't know that they've announced a price for future battle passes after that. Okay. No, they haven't. But like we were, we were speculating. Yeah. You're speculating. So like, like two, th- what did, what would 2000 yeah. credits be? Well, in many games, 2000 is, you know, it would be mm-hmm. like 20 bucks, right? And that varies. Like generally 20 bucks doesn't get 2000. It's mm-hmm. like 2400 mm-hmm. yeah, because for stupid. $10, you were able to get, you know, yeah, 1050. Like, you know, they, they try to mm-hmm. make better value for the investment. So if that's, let's say 20 bucks and you have 20 left over and you're getting some, you're getting some cosmetics. We know cosmetics might be a way to go and mechanize some, some mm-hmm. money out of your wallet. What would the battle pass be? And that's where sort of the 15 comes in, um, in Canadian, it'll translate. If let's say, if let's say every nine weeks, you had to drop 15 to 20 bucks a month, or every nine weeks, 15 to 20 bucks, mm-hmm. every two months ish. I mean, this game will have paid for itself. How many fold mm-hmm. in one year? Yep. And I mean, we all bought over, like, again, I think this is the awakening that people may experience. You had Overwatch one, you got all of this mm-hmm. for one low price. The days of that are gone, well, the, but that's, that's the world yeah. that we're in. The free to play service model is the funny thing was that. people, when, when they first kind of started talking about this and the fact that they announced the price for this, um, uh, the watch point pack, uh, over on, on ready, set Pwn discord, uh, which you can find at discord.com slash ready, set Pwn. Um, on discord.io if you go to i tried i tried to plug us we don't have enough boosts to get (laughs) i'm sorry um but we were having a conversation when this kind of came out and and i was i mean i was watching the announcement live and everything so i was putting a lot of it into the discord and then people were kind of playing off that as they watched along as well and some people were questioning it you know is it worth it is the watch point pack worth it because at this point they hadn't haven't actually announced all of what you get with Watchpoint, they say there's more to come. Yeah. Um, and in my mind, the Watchpoint pack is, like we said, fifty four ninety nine Canadian. That's cheaper than a full price retail game 
in Canada right now, which usually, uh, if it's a first party game, it's going to cost you probably 90 bucks on console at least. And if it's a third party game, sometimes they're randomly 70, but usually they're 80 bucks. So I'm spending 55, 60 bucks to get the new game, the new version of Overwatch one, plus some extras. One of those extras being currency and access to their new, uh, monetization model which may even earn me, and this is a may, but may earn me access to purchase the next season as well with that in-game currency, which is something that Fortnite does, right? When you buy the battle pass, most people will, if, if they complete the battle pass, they will earn enough currency to simply purchase the next battle pass. And it, and then you never have to spend another dollar. If that's the case, I'm actually, so for me, like I am a, I play Overwatch, like I still play Overwatch Mm -hmm. today, like lots of Mm -hmm. it. I'm a hardcore player. Um, if I had, if there was a mechanism for me to make an investment and in a commitment to the game, to grind it out, to go and earn, yeah, you know what? Uh, I, you'd get money out of that first battle pass yeah, for me. I, I agree a hundred percent. And my point in all of this is the watch point pass is basically that, Hey, this is your initial purchase. The cost of the game. This is, you know, overwatch one costs 60 bucks. You got all this stuff. I already know that if they give me as much as what was in overwatch one off the jump for 55 bucks, I'm in. And I get access to play the game on June 28th, which is technically before the game actually releases. Like, yeah, it's not, you know, a finished product at that point, but I'm fine with that. I am totally 100% down. I know that I enjoy this game. I've played it for six straight years. I have no problem with that. Mm -hmm. And it gives me content for when the game actually releases. Yeah. The, so I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I'm not, I'm not against paying money mm-hmm, for a totally. game I enjoy playing. Where I draw a line is paying money without sort of a goal. I'll use Hearthstone actually as an example. I honestly don't know how much money <laughs> I've put into Hearthstone, if any. Like there isn't anything there that is compelling enough to me to say, I don't have it. Now, Hearthstone is very mm-hmm. much a pay to win game because if you don't pay money, to get all the card packs to ultimately have every mm-hmm. card in the game competitively mm-hmm. you're handicapping you're, yourself. Yeah. You're only going to go so far. Yeah. You, you just, you know, it would be like locking heroes in, in overwatch. You're, you're, you're unfortunately at a disadvantage to those who have access to adaptability. You just mm-hmm. you lack now Hearthstone gives you an opportunity to get and earn packs and their new battle pass. I actually, um, purchased, the purchase that, but I, you're given the opportunity to use the coins you've earned. And I'm sitting on like 20,000 of their <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in-game currency. Every time they release a mini pack, if it's available for 2000 coins, I spend those coins. I'm willing to spend mm-hmm. what I've earned in the game. If let's say the first battle pass you had to buy, and then you could earn. And then if you finished mm-hmm. it, you got a next one, they get money out of me that way. Because for me, there's, I'm getting time that I'm spending in the game and investing, but it just, I'm not, I'm I'm old. The free to play model, right, isn't mm-hmm. the one that I grew up on. And I get that there, you know, it helps fund things and what have you. But then I'm also I've been burned with mm-hmm. pre-orders, right? Like the forty dollar watch point pack. I'm not against it, but like I got uh, Battlefield twenty forty whatever on line two here that would like to tell me everything that went wrong with the pre-order. And I have been a Battlefield mm-hmm. fan forever. Like there's just there's mm-hmm. a conflict for me. But it could have been a whole lot worse. And that's where Diablo Amoro, I think, 
frighten them. Yeah, we all, we all had concerns about that, for sure. Yeah, Diablo Immoral, and I keep calling it Immoral because, it, I mean, I, I I put time into the game, mm-hmm. but now I've just given up because it's quite clear. Like, there's there's <laughs> the mechanisms that are there are essentially mm-hmm. working against me. Um, If that doesn't come out, I would have been like, yeah, no, man, I could totally see it being a Fortnite model. Mm-hmm. It's not a Fortnite model. I think Fortnite, may, they found that space. They own it. They, they've iterated their battle passes and they like it to me, it still provides significant value. The money mm-hmm. that people spend are either the progression who like, I'm just going to mm-hmm. spend it because I want everything without having to put the time in. And then yeah. the license items, the cosmetics, like, you know, as we talked about, if they license David Hasselhoff as Reinhardt, <laughs> no one would buy it. Okay. <laughs> that is a poor example. I, would. <laughs> <laughs> I totally would. Oh, could you imagine being able to like have licensed audio as well? Oh like, you know, okay, I would pay. Like, I would pay for that. Um, have ha- have the Hoff doing actual right. Like I, I'm not. Hard. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know that break that yeah. breaks like the th- yeah. fifth wall. But <laughs> anyhow, I, but it, you know, let's be very frank. I'm honestly mm-hmm. excited. I, I'm I'm happy that we're going to be able to play the the beta again. We don't know how long it'll go. We know it's probably at least three weeks because they've said up till July 14th you'll get access. It'll probably go a little bit longer. Could there be another beta after this? I think so. I think it's reasonable. Well, I, I, it depends on how long this yeah, one goes. I, I think, like you said, July 14th, I, I heard like the 17th or something of July. I think it'll probably be a similar time, um, which is actually funny. I was talking to someone about, about this at work when, uh, when the announcement was happening and he was kind of like, yeah, but most, yeah. most betas are like a weekend or like a Thursday to Sunday thing. And I was like, dude, the last one was like three weeks. Like I was like, we got time. Um, anyways, I could see there being another one because I think this one is first one, obviously the first beta PC only this one brings console into the fray. I think they then have the opportunity to look at a lot more data and a lot more player trends and things like that, make improvements. And then I think you do one final one that is probably more of an open beta and honestly more of Mm -hmm. two things, a stress test on the servers and um, a marketing tactic to say, here's the final pop before the game releases. So I think we see another one, maybe end of August, early September as the final sort of, like I say, marketing push and a little bit of a stress test on the servers. And uh, last but not least, uh, we also got a much better understanding of what Junker Queen can do in the game and it's everything. Um, (laughs) So her, her primary is a scatter gun. It's a pump action shotgun. So think of that's, that's her her um, hog ability. Uh, then there's Jagged Blade. It's a passive quick melee, which will wound enemies dealing damage over time. And an active, you can throw it and reactivate and return it. So that's kind of like her also Genji does damage on return. With a dot, <laughs> right? Then there's Commanding Shout, which increases health by 200. And nearby allies' health by 100. And movement speed is boosted mm-hmm. by 30%. So that's your Brig ability. Then there's Carnage, which allows you to swing your axe to wound all enemies in front of you, dealing damage over time. So that's your sort of new Orisa <laughs> alt ability, but it's not an ultimate. Um, her ultimate, see, none of that was her ultimate. Her ultimate is Rampage, where it allows for her to charge forward, wounding enemies, dealing damage over time, and preventing them from being healed. So that is kind of like your Orisa slash Doomfist um, with an anonade <laughs> attached to it. 
Um, and then her passive adrenaline rush, she heals from all damage over time dealt by wounds. So if you melee either through carnage or through jagged blade, which those two abilities, um, will allow for her to, you know, deal the damage over time, you can actually sustain, which kind of like what Brig was able to do and made her OP. I will hold my opinion on how OP she is until she's in game. I also know that just like Arissa, when she was in game, it's like, Oh my God, she's OP. But then once, you know, the pros got, it's like, really? Yeah, she's great individually, but doesn't contribute a whole lot to a team. Junker queen is like a whole different bag of tricks. And it has me wondering, are we going to see many more hero reworks that haven't yet made, mm-hmm. you know, light of day Two, that next support hero. My goodness. If, if this is what the tank's getting, that support kit is going to be, be like, <laughs> right? Like I'm trying to think of a hero who has, has this many, like this many mm-hmm. sort of abilities. Like I'm going to presume jagged blade is, is, is melee mm-hmm. unless you throw it. Right. And then you sort of lose the, the, the passive benefit. Um, I don't know for certain. Um, like carnage is an ability commanding shouts and ability scatterguns primary. So the, there's three abilities right yeah, there. Cool I feel down. like your, your alt fire will probably be throwing the jagged blade and your melee will be whichever one just, yeah, just, just swinging, swinging it. it. But there's, I mean, if, if you can throw it, like, cause the thing about the, the jagged blade is it's active. Throw your blade can reactivate. So maybe it's like it. Sigma shield except it actually has a return, right? You throw it out and it stays there. Then right. you recall it and it'll come back to you. There's probably a distance on it where if you get, you know, 30 meters away or whatever, it just reattaches. Oh yeah, I know it wouldn't, it wouldn't, yeah. It Could you imagine if it was like, you back know, to you from the start off. of the map and just pegs everyone. You, you, you're there as widow and suddenly the blade <laughs> flies through you. And then you recall it. And I bet you on recall, yeah. it does damage yeah. as it passes through too. It is and quite literally. Um, that's actually what I've heard it described as. Yeah, she like her kit I mean, is I, just. I had unreal. a hard time wrapping my head around Sigma and and uh, and Ball when they first came out. Granted, well, I, again, playing on a controller, you've only got so many buttons. It it can can get complicated with some of these uh, control schemes. So, well, I like I remember the original Sigma kit though. Like you had so you had an ability that stuns. You have a shield mm-hmm. that can go. You oh, know, yeah, you know, right. you know. Yeah. And oh, by the way, yeah. you can eat everything. So if. If I didn't stun you, I'll eat it. At one point, there was someone was talking, and I mean they're completely wrong. But I guess at one point, the the eat could like the, the focus was like you're putting something into an entirely new dimension, so you could like eat the nuke. So Diva's oh mech God. went into like you know another timeline or something like that. So I mean, he Sigma ain't what he once was. Like Brig when she yeah. came and broke the team, and I, I I'm not. I'm all for fun. I think she's going to be a fun player, but if you're not like re imaging on many of the heroes you already have, I think I could easily see her being in a Risa situation where at lower levels, she can just dominate and just tears through people and shreds. But then as the pros get a hold of her, she can be easily countered because she's in a lot of ways, a lot more close range, a lot more brawly, but without a shield. 
So the second you put her up against Orion, he just kind of swings his hammer, holds his shield well, and, and takes her out. So I, I yeah, could see I some different, different, I don't know, scenarios. The, yeah. The thing for me is like, if, if she plays like hog, like what does hog have? Mm-hmm. Take a breather, take a breather. Like hog can brawl. And when he pops, take a breather, if you don't stun it, which mm-hmm. essentially doesn't exist anymore, or you don't pot him. Mm-hmm. All that health comes back. A lot of sustain. I mean, I guess there might be better hero picks in the professional side, but hog provides you a kit that allows you to mm-hmm. just brawl and mm-hmm. live forever. She's not getting mm-hmm. the live forever. Like, yeah, she has to melee, but the, the, you know, damage over time heals and isn't going to be anything no, to write home sure. about. Um, you know, I think, I think when I talk about sort of brig tank, I think that's sort of what you're getting there. But she's not she's not a melee hero. Yeah, yeah, true. I don't know. It'll be interesting. So ah, I'm sh- I'm, gonna, I'm gonna enjoy not getting to play her in the beta because I'll not want to wait to go into Q and this tank and I'll just get support. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Oh man, it's been sure almost has. a two hour Too bad episode. Omni wasn't here. Could have made it three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Oh, but yeah, was, I mean. Obviously, it's always good to talk about uh, the Overwatch League. It's always good to talk about Overwatch. We've got a new game coming, getting the beta. You and I to get to brag about it while I get to sit on the sidelines and get invited on July 14. <laughs> um, I should post an RSP core. Give me case beta. Give me beta. <laughs> give me watch give point. Me Can watch you gift the watch point yeah. pack? <laughs> oh, I might title the episode, <laughs> give me watch point pack. Um, but yeah, no, it's fun hanging out with you and, uh, Omni will probably be back next week unless he has, you know, another birthday. Mm. That's the show that that I could see him doing it. Yeah. But, um, any final words of wisdom? Um, no, no bad jokes. I tweeted out the other day. Uh, I was just kind of pondering overwatch too. And I tweeted out the other day. I'm excited for overwatch too. And, and I am, that's it. That's the tweet. I'm excited, so get hyped, and I want to get that watch point pack. Yeah. Do you know what the magician said I to the have fisherman? No idea. Pick a card, oh, wow. any card. <laughs> this is gripping the bottom of the barrel this time, eh? <laughs> I, I am. I was so. I mean, to pull the curtain back here, I had a heck of a day. Um, the show notes. I think I put them out 20 minutes before we hit record. That's Normally true. they're out like yeah, you know, midday. Like it's just been one of those things. I. I have had no time to even put together a story about a dad joke or what have you, but here we are. Um, speaking of here, we are ready set or discord.io slash ready set not discord.com no, slash ready set We that? need more boosts. Gift us nitro. Gift us boosts. No, or give, no, no. I already have nitro. Do you not have I nitro? I, I mean, no, I do not, but gift me nitro. <laughs> someone gift, someone gift Jordan nitro, gift us both watch yes. point pack and gift RSP yes, cord please, boosts. Please. There we go. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's where we're at. <laughs> oh, gosh. One of these days will actually be a professional operation. Today is not. We that need day. Omni back for that. I know, right? Omni has disrupted the force. Yeah. The, same, the same host to keep that's us right. in, in line. But uh, if you've reached this point of the show and for some reason or another, you have not subscribed to our podcast, please do. But the other thing you should also do, go and give One Man Watchpoint a subscription. 
listen to Jordan talk for almost two hours on his own about everything that you need to know about Overwatch, Overwatch League, um, and you know, catch you up so you don't have to go and do the hard work yourself. Very true. Yeah. But on behalf of Jordan, answer Dr. J, I'm myself, Chris at Light Force, the missing in action. Happy birthday, Omni at Omni Strife. Signing off this podcast with Catrays. Thank you.